0: talking tropes. I'm David. And I'm Hannah. And we're doing a different one this week, guys. We are tackling the military. It's us. The
1: military industrial complex, man.
0: Complex maze, man. We're gonna dive into some Conspiracy theories, man. X Files. Okay. Oh, well, I'm not.
1: I, I want to avoid conspiracy theories as much as possible. I want to keep this. Oh shit! This is gonna be our most academic episode. It's gonna be so goddamn af- academic. We might even cite our sources on this one. Yeah,
0: it'll be crazy. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Full disclosure. I didn't really watch anything for this episode. We don't have
1: to. I mean, like these are like movies that are in the public discourse that have been receiving funding from the U.S. military directly, which is just wild.
0: Yeah. Um, It's wild that that happens, period. Um, But, like, some of the movies that are affected by this, and some of them in, like, different ways than you might expect and for, like, really bizarre-sounding reasons. Um, So, while David's going to have fun in reality, I'm just going to... Blame everything on the alien.
1: Oh, you think that they're trying to cover up something? Oh
0: yeah. What else? No, I.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's start there. I mean, because there are a lot of aliens in these stories. Totally. Um, y- you find like you know a lot of weird patterns with which films get funded by the government. Um, so uh, I-, I just like look and as far as movies just with aliens. Uh, There's The Day the Earth Stood Still, the remake, Invaders from Mars, a movie called Sphere where Dustin Hoffman plans an expedition to the bottom of the ocean to find aliens. There's goddamn Mac and Me. (laughs) Mac and Me was funded by your tax dollars. Woo,
0: love Um, that.
1: Everything that Michael Bay has ever made. And then this movie.
0: Like, you know how people always write in and be like, I'm not paying thirty percent of my taxes because that's what goes towards the military. Blah, blah, blah. But I just want to write in and say I didn't include like ten percent of my taxes because they're funding Michael Bay movies, and I want it to stop. I I,
1: I mean, like, here's the thing. Um, so I, I did. You know, I I, I want to keep things academic. I want to look at both sides. I want to I want to recognize like where Bay. my bias is coming into play. No, that's fine, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that they're not actually losing money on any of these like any of these transactions. They're really mutually beneficial for like the filmmakers and the um uh, and the government itself. So like the government gets a chance to sort of correct any things that might be inaccurate or sort of sort of shade out any uh, any truths that they don't really want to be public or they don't want to be the public perception of the of the military and then in exchange the filmmakers get access to tanks and planes and troops and costumes and all kinds of like legit prop stuff that would cost way more to produce on their own and that's basically the kind of transactions that we're going to be seeing in most of these yeah
0: but i just don't want michael bay to make movies that i paid for
1: <laughs> well, that's a totally different argument i mean the the thing the thing that like should be noted is that there are plenty of movies about the military that have no involvement from the us government or the military um i mean For starters, there's military elements in almost every Marvel movie, but every Marvel movie after Iron Man 2 is done completely uh, independently of the U.S. government.
0: I mean, that sort of makes sense, especially as we get towards, like, Winter Soldier and shit like that. Um, Doesn't seem like stuff the U.S. government would be like. Super into.
1: No, it's not. But, like, the point being, like, you can pretty much CGI anything now. And that was the case with, like, Independence Day. Right. Which seems like it's th- probably the most patriotic movie to be released in the last 50 years. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: that, that pretty much everyone can agree is, like, fun and enjoyable and they like it.
1: Right. It's a movie about aliens. It's a movie with a ton of, like military machinery at work. So it would definitely be helped by reducing their budget by, you know, being able to use the real thing um, with support from the government. And, you know, it's a movie about aliens and it's a movie that's kind of a disaster movie, both of which feature heavily on this list. Right. So it seems like independence day would be perfect. Um wh- why 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 didn't they uh fund Independence Day?
0: Because of the aliens, David. <laughs> no, that's not why. Because of Area 51 specifically. Um and how heavily the second act of that movie really relied on the Area 51 mythos and like used it as a major set piece and the military is like, "Listen, we'd love to fund your movie. Got to take out this Area 51 stuff." And the filmmakers were like, mm, "Nah, that's okay." And so then they just CGI'd everything, and it was fine. Yeah,
1: there was also apparently one of the notes that the studio got back was having a Navy pilot – who is dating a stripper doesn't conform to their uh military ethics.
0: Oh great.
1: So a lot of a lot of judgment. Um
0: Why is stripping illegal?
1: No, it's not illegal. It's just like the idea that they want to portray most military men as being like happily married and they've got what they got girls at home waiting for them. Uh Right. They're not just like, you know, wherever they're stationed playboys just screwing around with wherever they are whatever the ladies are around you
0: know as the military is famous for actually doing
1: um let's 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 take a step back let's break down sort of how these transactions work who's involved here what parts of the government what parts of the military so i mean w- what did you come back with from your research uh
0: basically in the 1920s i forget if it was some sort of war commission or like <laughs> It was basically a public-facing sector of the war machine that was sort of in charge of working with Hollywood to create war propaganda films. But even beyond that, sort of creating like a basic rules and code of conduct um, around... How the military could be portrayed on screen, and sure, you know, I
1: mean, this was also around the time that they started to institute the film code, which right. was not, you know, which was literally government enforcement of of what films could be made. Totally, but I mean, that was mostly dissolved uh, by like the 1950s. But the but
0: 50s, f- the Hays Code went beyond then.
1: The Hays Code. I think it was done by the fifty. Well, let me look it up. Okay, nineteen thirty to nineteen sixty-eight. Okay, you're right. It went on, yeah, on. significantly longer than the fifties. Yeah, almost um, to
0: the seventies. All of our parents were born. Yeah, but I
1: feel like it was just like less enforced back in the back in like the sixties. Uh, like there was it was already starting to sort of dissolve before it was actually abolished.
0: Sure, but but still, it it has even though it was abolished in the late sixties. Officially, and was sort of losing some of its power before then, it's left like long standing effects on cinema and cinema language. Um, and just like the way we do film storytelling. Yeah.
1: Everybody knows about like the fade to black and then, you know, that means that they're having sex or the
0: foot popping kiss or the like queer representation in general in media. Um, there's a lot of really great, um, video essays about that, that I've watched, um, on YouTube. Um, if you're interested listeners, Um, But specifically regarding the military, it it was around that time – so war was really simple (laughs) leading up to Vietnam, basically – Um, And the way that the media portrayed that was a big part of why it was viewed as so simple. And it was because there was this sort of working relationship between Hollywood and the Pentagon. Also, feel free to jump in at any point.
1: (laughs) I I don't know where you're going with this. Oh, I mean,
0: I'm just leading up to Vietnam, basically. If there's anything else you want to talk about before that. But, I mean,
1: Korea was before Vietnam. And, like, all of these films on this list are from Korea.
0: Totally. Um, So I
1: don't know... I don't know what you were. I don't know what you were trying to get at. So. I don't
0: well, know. so um, I, I watched a documentary that um, is available on YouTube. It's called Operation Hollywood: How the Pentagon Shapes and Censors the Movies. And in this video, they sort of talked about how prior to Vietnam, there was again this like working relationship between the two. But it was really easy to package and sell the American identity as something that was positive towards war, that um, encouraged recruitment. Like, World War II was sort of all hands on deck for everyone. It It sort
1: of just so happened that the film culture at the time was also very beneficial to the military at the time.
0: Right, Uh,
1: right. And the stories that people wanted to tell were mostly of... Americans fighting just wars and being heroes. Even like the even like the comedies, a lot of them were just like fun and wackiness on a military base.
0: Well, and I mean, you even get that in Korea too. Like you get Mash, you know. Like you can't make a Mash about the Vietnam War. Like, exactly. So so basically, what happened was in, in the documentary they sort of mentioned that Americans like war but they also like viewing themselves as peaceful people peacemakers yes peacemakers so in order to have both of them you have to have a really easy good guy and a really easy quote-unquote bad guy so like germans murdering hundreds of people and being expansionist easy to say okay great they're bad we need to step in and be heroes, so that means we're good guys, and like we've had two decades worth of media at this point agreeing with us. Um, right. And then even in Korea, you're still fresh off of like not fresh exactly, but you're fresh enough off of World War II that there people are still basking in the afterglow, so to speak, of a successful military operation. Um, and, right. uh, and the movies are still collaborating with that. But it's in Vietnam when opinions really start to change and Americans are unable to see themselves both as war makers and peace bringers that really they're just bringing war. They're not necessarily the good sure. guys.
1: So how does this how does this reflect itself in the movies and specifically the military's relationship to the to the movies?
0: Well, so at this point the military basically stopped funding movies for a while. Is that the case? I mean, does your list disagree?
1: That- well, I didn't write down the dates and for for each and every single one, but yeah. it looks like
0: there were there were just a lot fewer. I mean,
1: it just looks like there's a lot of movies that, that's that span like very long like periods of time. There was a lot of I mean, stuff like Star Trek uh Star Trek Four. I mean what was that? Like mid eighties, late eighties? Yeah. I mean that was a like Cold War era.
0: Right. Well so in the 80, like there's um so in the immediate aftermath of Vietnam, they basically, you know, sort of stop for a bit. They fund one film, which is, I believe, Green Berets, um, that was produced by John Wayne. Um, and he basically begged President Johnson and was like, pretty please, can I make this movie? And he was like, Wow, well, all right. Um, because the the military was aware of the fact that they were unpopular, uh, and that they they were controversial, and that creating media that the same way that they had been creating it previously and funding it, it wasn't gonna successful. It wasn't gonna be successful propaganda. They basically needed to let the the controversy, quote unquote, die down. Um, and it was only someone with huge star power like John Wayne to basically come along and say, listen, I think I can help show some true American heroes, even during Vietnam. Um, and then gotcha. we sort of fall into this era of movies that are critical of the military. Uh, you know, like we get Apocalypse Now, and um, I don't know what you would call patent, because it's not exactly critical, but it's not exactly... Well, that was one of
1: the movies that applied for the grant and then didn't get the grant yeah. from the, the military. So, so it uh, is definitely somewhat critical of the the man patent. I mean, it's a character study.
0: Totally. Um,
1: so it's not anti-war necessarily, but it is about this character and it is very critical of him.
0: Sure. It's it sort of, it, it's not just positive the way Michael Bay films are like, oh, the alien cars are here. Bring in the guns from the military. Uh, and like, yeah, like, like there's tons of movies that I'm sure you could think of off the top of your head. Either you, David, or like you viewers at home that feel like they should be, sponsored by the military um and in fact they probably are yeah
1: it seems like most of the ones that you would assume you know top gun that's pretty straightforward apparently after top gun came out uh enlisting enlisting numbers for the military went up like 400 percent oh yeah it was a huge boost uh to their recruitment um and then you know you've got Like, any movie that you can think of that's just about the military, you know, anything with the word submarine or, like, Hunt for Red October or, um, you know, Black Hawk Down, like, all of these movies had military involvement. Black Um, Hawk Down, uh, infamously, was, like really ch- shitty the stuff that they did that they changed from that one did you did you see this one for black hawk down no the the name of ranger john stebbins had to be changed because the real life stebbins had been court-martialed in june 2000 for uh, the sexual assault of a, a girl under 12
0: oh my god
1: so they really didn't want to draw Associated. attention to the real life figure and like lionize him. Wow. But then they made up this character who doesn't exist and they just lionized the shit out of him instead. This made up character.
0: Because uh, someone's got to be lionized.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, you know, basically the whole the whole process just serves to kind of whitewash um, the, the military's history um, and, and just sort of paint over anything that's a little uncomfortable.
0: Oh yeah, it's not a a place for nuance. Is uh saving private Ryan on that list?
1: Um I didn't see it there, but uh I mean, it's possible that that did not have military support.
0: I mean, it's possible. So what was the weirdest um <laughs> movie you found that had been supported by the military?
1: Okay. Get ready. Yeah. Because are you saying the weirdest movie that exists or the weirdest movie, like, I can't believe they supported this? Uh,
0: let's do the I can't believe they supported this first, and then we'll do the other one. Okay.
1: Ernest Saves Christmas.
0: Okay. All right. I'm fascinated. I have no
1: idea why. I, I haven't seen the film. If If you guys have seen Ernest Saves Christmas, maybe you can explain this. Is there, like, a scene at an airport, maybe? Or is there, like, a scene with the military in it somewhere i don't know what's happening
0: military help save christmas
1: right is there something to do with like the the united the postal service or or something or does he join the army to save christmas or is there a war on christmas What, what is happening there i don't know the answer um i didn't watch the movie to find out um, also weird on this list, Pet Cemetery and The Outsider, two Stephen King films. One of them, I think, was a TV movie.
0: Okay. Um,
1: neither of which have anything to do with the military. Is this
0: the new Pet Cemetery or the old one? No,
1: no, the old Pet Cemetery. Oh,
0: okay. Well, it's even more fascinating if the new one doesn't have anything to do with Well,
1: that's not that surprising. I mean, it, it's just a different world. I think... I think Stephen King was heavily involved in both of those productions, so maybe he's got like a friend in the military. I don't know. Who
0: knows? Like maybe
1: it's a literal Stephen King connection. Maybe. Then there's the the weirdest movie, like it's not weird that the military's involved in it, but the weirdest movie is this thing called Robojocks. Okay. Which is which is in the year something, something, something. <laughs> Uh, after World War Three, war is illegal and has been replaced with robot fights over territory. So this
0: is the most anime fucking concept I've ever heard in my life. It's,
1: I mean, it might be. I don't know. Maybe it is. But basically, like they're fighting a like a war for Alaska some property in Alaska by just getting into giant robot suits oh and punching each god.
0: other Oh my god I have to watch this right now
1: It's ludicrous What
0: is this
1: Um also this one I think I almost understand and like I have a theory on this one um Karate Kid 2 Okay Karate Kid 2 because in the first Karate Kid if you recall Mr. Miyagi, his backstory is that his wife died in a um, an, a Japanese internment camp. Oh. Do you remember this? I, in America.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that was like part of his backstory. So my thought is uh, Karate Kid 1 is not on here. But yeah. so then for Karate Kid 2, and I think Karate Kid 3 is on here somewhere as well. Maybe not. Or the next Karate Kid. The next Karate Kid is on here somewhere. Um. But both of they wanted to get their hands in both of those to make sure nothing like that happened again, where they really bring up how the Americans had these internment camps where people died in them from lack of medical treatment. Similarly, I think if you had like a backstory in like 20 years where like the main character was talking about internment camps for, you know, migrants or refugees uh, from Mexico or from the Middle East, from Syria, uh, they 'd probably try and get rid of that too. intervene yeah. in the sequels um, mm-hmm. also interesting uh, the the military is kind of double dipping sometimes uh, oh, yeah. so they 've got Deep Impact and Armageddon okay which if you recall were the two movies that came out the same year uh, that both <laughs> involved an asteroid crashing into Earth and a military plan to stop it.
0: I mean, the military is always the one who stops these things, clearly, is the message. that Well, NASA
1: probably would be heavily involved in actual real life. Yeah, but
0: NASA's NASA's for nerds, David. We've got the military. No, not at all. I
1: mean, NASA NASA is part of these military grants. So you'll see like a ton of space movies on here. Um, There's – oh, let me bring up all the space movies that I put down. Uh, There's a movie with James Woods called (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> called um the Race to Space with James Woods playing like an astronaut scientist, and on the cover of the movie, there's a monkey in a space suit and like a little kid.
0: Wow it's amazing um
1: what are the other space movies? I put other space movies it's on like
0: here. like contact or that's not really space though
1: no, contact was not a uh, was not fun just
0: it yeah, um, it was.
1: Wait, where is it? Oh, contact. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: What are you talking <laughs> about? I, I missed that one. I must have missed that one. They literally cut out. Oh, shoot. Where? What was the line? There's like some line about. So apparently they um, – The alien civilization or the military is worried that the aliens are going to destroy Earth with a doomsday machine. And Jodie Foster's character has a line where she's like, well, that's paranoia right out of the Cold War. And they're like, nope, cut that. Cold War is not paranoia. (laughs) We are totally justified in everything that we did for the cold
1: war. <laughs> I mean, I think probably like if you were part of the military and you saw like a bunch of the stuff that went on like behind the scenes in the co- in the cold war and how it was all like totally insane, you'd be paranoid too. But Oh yeah. But like the fact of the matter is that like in retrospect it was all a bunch of craziness. It was it was a lot of big to do about nothing.
0: I I mean, yeah, like I mean the threat was definitely real, but like Cuz
1: like what like, every every military, like, change that they make to the script, they're always going to say that it has to do with, like, accuracy.
0: Right. But at the same time, uh, especially, like, in the documentary I watched, they talked a lot about Pearl Harbor, um, like, the right, movie. Right, exactly. Um, not just the event, the movie. Or, um, like, it was a fictional account of Pearl Harbor. And the military was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like... You're gonna make us look cool and add some drama and flair and ultimately given a heartwarming message about American patriotism and the military. Sounds good. Fuck up whatever historical details you want.
1: Um, right. So I mean, like, yeah, that's true. It's like they, they 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 don't really care about historical details, but they care about things like this is this is like what the chain of command looks like, and they wouldn't break chain of command. Right. Or like you wouldn't you wouldn't drink in front of your superior officer or joke about drinking mm. because alcohol and you know military service don't mix or whatever yeah like they'll make all these like other claims Oof. and then there are like some really really shady claims that they'll make that they'll say is in the name of like truth um like when you have films that depict enhanced interrogation techniques
0: mm-hmm. aka torture
1: right. Um, so in zero dark 30, uh, the film about the capture of Osama bin Laden, the, the CIA was, was really in charge of overseeing the script on this one because it was mostly a CIA, uh, operation. Um, so they were the people that we were going, you know, that the filmmakers were going to for money and resources and details about what happened. Um, because a lot of it was confidential. Uh, classified
0: one may say classified
1: Um, and so one of the cases is that like there was a scene where a detainee was being threatened with like a dog Um, like the dog was barking at him and the guy was like hey I'll let this dog go and it'll eat your face but then the CIA was like cut that we've never used dogs as part of enhanced interrogation techniques Except in Abu Ghraib. Oh, my God. um, Which was, you know, where they got it from. And then at the same time, like, they depicted it as, like, the torture was directly related to them finding Osama bin Laden. Right. Which is just
0: literally not not true. true. It didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's, The military will actively use movies and media to sway public opinion around hot button issues before they can become... Vietnam really or to keep them from becoming Vietnam like they they realized how bad they fucked up from a PR stance in that one um, and so they were like oh fuck we better do more stuff then that really tightly controls this shit, and people need money, so that's how we're gonna do it. But like, e- even that beyond that, not I think, that... not
1: that I think that most Americans even care about torture or like are morally against it in any way. I think most Americans are probably in favor of it. Really? I mean, we're we're a fucked up country, and I I mean people just want to feel safe. And if that means torturing people, like they're totally fine with it.
0: I'd be like fascinated to see if there's like a Pew study out there about, um, like whether torture is
1: justified on terrorists. No,
0: no, no, how Americans feel about it, whether or not it actually is. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd be necessarily surprised if the majority of Americans were in favor um, but I, I, don't think I'd be surprised if it went the other way too. Um, or, or rather, I, I don't think I'd be shocked, but I would be mildly surprised. Um, but, but yeah, so like uh, one thing too, that, um, came up a lot in my research was especially in the early days of the military's involvement with film is they were involved in a lot of, um, kids programming. Um, so like Lassie. Uh, Lassie was, like, a big example that, like, kept coming up over and over again. Um, but just sort of, like, targeting kids young with this idea of, like, the military's cool and great. Um, you know, like, having G.I. Joe toys and G.I. Joe the fucking show. Um, I don't know if that was supported by the military, but just having something like that supports their cause, ultimately, and making young boys mostly want to grow up and fight and probably die for their country quote unquote um and and just sort of having that propaganda from a young age right
1: so like i don't think that the actual like cartoon gi joe was funded by the military but the sort of inspiration for the gi joe like toy line way back was, you know, was sort of tied in with films about GIs and there was a movie called the story of GI Joe that was funded by, um, the military.
0: Great. Yeah. Like they had the budget to do the TV show themselves, but when it came to (laughs) the movie, no, this was a
1: movie that came out way before the, Oh,
0: okay. It wasn't a cartoon. cartoon. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought they were related. This is a
1: movie from, like, 1945 about just, like, let's tell the story of (laughs) G.I. Joe. Yeah. He's your average Joe, and he's a G.I.
0: Like, uh, one thing, too, that um, popped up on this list and in my research a lot was um, TV shows that, like, are just sort of, like, reality competition shows that either take place on a military base. Like, there's, I think, an episode of, like, Top Chef or, like, Cake Wars or something. Um, right. that like takes place there. And because it did it or, or it takes place at like a CIA base or something. Um, and then like the deputy of s- staff or something is like a guest judge. But then halfway through the finale, she has to leave for a secret mission. And it's like probably staged, but the whole idea is to make it feel cool. You know? To, yeah. Like, I mean, part it's hard us. to
1: say exactly how sinister some of this stuff is. Like, you know, obviously if you had a, like an episode of a TV show that took place at like a fire station or like a police station, you wouldn't want to like purposefully depict the people that you're working with in a shitty light. Um, like, I don't know if that's necessarily like, you know, bad power dynamics, especially considering there are alternatives if you want to make films about the military that are critical of the military. Right. Um. But, like, the the really, like, gross stuff starts to come in where you have these, like, incestuous relationships with Michael Bay. Yeah. And, like, from everything that I've read, it just seems like the military just loves Michael Bay. Oh, yeah. They just, they, like, think he's their savior. <laughs> well,
0: because, uh, like, that's the thing, is the military already spends, like a million dollars at least on all of their fucking, like, recruitment videos that they make new every single year, you know? And they show in movie theaters before movies, and they show on TV, and, like, th- these advertisements are everywhere. Um You know, they show on the subway sometimes, and I'm like, really? Okay. Um a- And... It's just sort of the normalization of, like, seeing the military everywhere. And so if they're already spending a million dollars on their own fucking propaganda films, anyone who's willing to be like, yeah, the military's cool, and I'm gonna blow shit up, and everyone's gonna be like, hell yeah, the military in my action movies, that that can only help their cause. Like you said with Top Gun, you know, like, recruitment went up went up some absurd number. Right.
1: And they're making a new Top Gun as well. And that also, of course, involves a lot of filming on military bases.
0: Yeah. So, um, the CIA has a very interesting role in all of this. Um, we, we talked about torture a little bit, um, already, but for, for like decades, the CIA and um, to some extent also the FBI would not allow their bureaus um, to be mentioned in media at all. Like... I mean,
1: did they think we would just forget they exist and just let them do whatever (laughs) they want?
0: Well, I mean, they fucking did. Like, the CIA fucking toppled governments and, like, you know, but, like, now there's, like, CIA, like, I don't know, NCIS, I guess, isn't the CIA, um, but, like... I mean,
1: it's the Navy. It's the, Navy. Just it's the still... Navy,
0: you know, like, there's all military. these shows, Quantico, and, like, what have you, where, like, this homeland. homeland. Oh, my God, Homeland. Um, yeah, we're, but we have all these shows now where you sort of have this military engagement with um, with the CIA, um, and the FBI, but it's it's fascinating because this really only started happening um, like in the the '90s, I think. Um, but but really after 9/11 and sort of with the rise of like terrorism oh, yeah. in Americans' like psyche, big
1: after 9/11. Yeah,
0: it, it just
1: Alias is a that, show about a spy.
0: Spies. Well, like, but that's the thing. Like, spies felt like. I think maybe that's why during the Cold War, like spies were were interesting and threatening. You know, like there's James Bond and shit, but like, you know, he's a British spy. Oh, yeah. So it's different. Um and like
1: Well, not that different, because there was a lot of James Bond movies that ended up getting the whole military treatment because they're American made productions of a British dude. Right. Um so you would have like uh there was really like egregious examples not to digress no, too I'm much but um there there was a, a pretty egregious example where um a an american admiral was changed to a canadian admiral 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 mm. because he was a dick <laughs> so the script guys were canadian. like hey you can't do that um <laughs> And um, they These also uh, took t- Tomorrow Never Dies, and uh, James Bond is going to illegally parachute into Vietnam, uh-huh. and so one of the CIA CIA agents was supposed to say, you know what will happen, it'll be war, and maybe this time, maybe we'll oh win, my God. but they had to cut that line because of the implication that we, that we didn't win Vietnam.
0: Jesus <laughs> I can't even begin to unpack that (laughs) level of denial. Uh,
1: For a British spy film. (laughs) It's
0: so fucking, fucking weird. Um, But yeah, so like the CIA has steadily been doing shit. And um, like, (laughs) I don't know. Have you guys ever watched Homeland at all? Have you ever watched Homeland, David? No,
1: I have not, but I'm I'm familiar. (laughs) Well,
0: I watched... A through
1: through th- through cultural osmosis, osmosis yeah. and through our parents,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like sometimes when you're watching something that has an agenda, you're sort of aware of it, but you're like, eh, it's not so bad. Like they're they're presenting uh, all the sides of the issues here, uh, trying to be fair and balanced, tm. It's talking about a controversial subject and then sometimes not
1: the case with no, Homeland. And then
0: sometimes you get to um a point where like a dude just yells at a lady to take off her hijab and you're like oh okay i understand what this is <laughs> it's not really interested in like interrogating anything. So the, that's
1: the hero is t- yep. telling her to take off yep. her hijab? So
0: basically, what it, this is in like season three of the show, so it's really deteriorated by this point. Um, but this was this was like <laughs> the moment that broke the camel's back for me was like sort of the calm, reasonable guy, like father figure played by Mandy Patinkin, like who you're sort of like, oh, yeah, like this guy, he's great. He's calm and reasonable despite like Carry the main characters like wild, emotional women feelings um which again, <laughs> I can't even begin with the show um but <laughs> he he's they've hired like a new analyst or something um to help with ongoing like issues in the middle east and she's a muslim woman who wears a hijab and like the hero guy mandy fucking patinkin gets mad at her and yells and is like if you really respected america you would take off that headscarf and like be a real american oh my and god it's
1: just like, oh my god because
0: like there was like an attack On the, on, like, Quantico or something, um, where the CIA is based in, like, season two, um, and a bunch of people died. And so he's like, you're disrespecting me by having the same religion as the attackers. And it's just... It's a
1: lot. You're disrespecting me. And
0: America. God,
1: what a victim culture. And
0: America. Like it's it's wild though. But like they the CIA works so closely with like Homeland on this that it's just like it's so clearly like here's a bad guy to hate. Even the good Muslims are <sighs> bad. Don't trust them with their dual loyalties cough cough anti-Semites um well well, yeah
1: yeah I mean here's some some like contrast for that because it's crazy how much like times have changed um there was this film that came out the sum of all fears um which is based on a Tom Clancy novel of course fucking Tommy Clancy I mean if anyone's making propaganda and not getting paid by the government (laughs) for it it's Tom Clancy um, and that tells the, it's like a it's about a, some East German separatists, um, and a Palestinian terrorist cell. Okay. Um, but apparently, that that was what the book was about. But the movie was receiving complaints from the Council on American Islamic Relations, so because of the negative publicity, they actually changed that to a neo-Nazi group instead of a Palestinian terrorist cell.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So it's interesting. Like it, it can kind of. It, it can kind of cut both ways in terms of like, we need to slander this group of people because they're the enemy. But if they're not the enemy right now, then we have to change it to some other enemy that we've like fought. in the Right. Past.
0: It's the Germans or the Russians or the Vietnamese or the Japanese or like whoever is other, whoever is the threat that should keep people complacent and supportive. Um,
1: Right, and there's this like there's this other movie called Clear and Present Danger, where um, they had this a bunch of stuff about the Colombian government working with drug mm-hmm. gangs, and they felt the the military felt that that would damage U.S. Latino relationship rela- relations, mm. and so they had to remove all references to the Colombian government colluding with drug traffickers. Interesting. Um, so it, it's like. They'll, they'll do things for, like, national security that to, like, not insult groups of people. And then they'll also fund a movie like True Lies. Have you ever... You, you, do you know... Are you familiar with True Lies? Uh,
0: it doesn't ring a bell.
1: So this is, um this was like, one of uh, James Cameron's big oh, blockbusters. I believe um, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a spy. And his wife, who doesn't know that he's a spy, is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, my God. And... So he, like, tricks his wife into thinking that she's been kidnapped and is under suspicion by the military, and then forces her to go and, like, be a spy, and he's just, like, gaslighting the the shit out of her. Um, And then while all this is happening...
0: Is this a fucking comedy? Yes, it's a comedy. Oh, boy.
1: It's an action comedy. And then while all this is happening, um, they're, like... The uh, <laughs> there's a, an, an Arab like I, I say Arab because they say Arab uh, terrorist group that's like planning to launch nukes at America. And this is like mid 90s. I mean, there was nothing like this even slightly being talked about, uh, you know, as far as actual military truth. But then, you know, just like not even 10 years later, we're claiming that there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and going over there. So, I mean, oh these God. things have a measurable effect.
0: That's just wild. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's it's really interesting the ways that these movies deal with, quote-unquote, foreign threats. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of these movies have aliens in them, also.
1: Exactly. Like... It doesn't seem like that's beneficial to the the military, but the more you can just paint the idea of there's this foreign threat that you don't really know what it is, and the only people who know what it is are the smart people, the higher-ups. Right. Like – that does a lot
0: right or it's it's the one good soldier who pays extra attention and is able to to get his one good superior's attention and then the two of them are able to talk to the president who's a good guy and they all save the day you know like yeah uh, Even if it involves like a rogue soldier, he's never really that rogue. And like it's always because, you know, it's like it's the one bad apple sort of thing. It's like the system works, just this one guy is bad.
1: Yeah, there was advertising around the the Captain Marvel movie of, you know, every hero has an origin story. I mean, the military, since this like huge boom in superheroes, they have been sort of you know, capitalizing on it, like you were saying. Just by, you know, just just by, like, saying you can be a hero, too, if you join the military.
0: You can be a superhero. Yeah, join the military. Basically a superhero. Well, and I mean, it's interesting. Like, if you look at how... <laughs> Half these superheroes get their powers. Well, no, I won't de- go into that. Never mind. They get it
1: from military ex- experiments. A
0: lot of them get it from military experiments. Um, and a l- yeah,
1: I mean, that traces back to the comics when those were propaganda as well. Sure. Like, uh, Captain America was literally war propaganda. Yep. And they referenced that in the film. But the film like, is not funded by the government because the film is way too self-aware about it being propaganda.
0: Right, right. (laughs) At a certain point, if it's too aware, it's not going to really serve its purpose.
1: Yeah, it'd be really weird if, in addition, Captain America, the the first Avenger, like, in addition to being about a propaganda machine where they print out comic books about this guy, in addition, it was being funded by the military. That'd be a little bit much.
0: Totally. Yeah, Uh, Besides aliens, are there, like, other tropes that um, you've noticed?
1: Yes. uh, I would say disaster movies for sure. Um, If you look at, like, there's a movie called The Core, which is about the Earth's core shutting down. Mm. Why does this need, like, heavy military involvement? Well, I mean, you got to get drills and you have to have, like, the military guarding off a certain section of the land where they're drilling the holes and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, just like the script, the nature of the script is that, hey, the military's always got some plan Mm -hmm. there. They've always got it covered. And then you've got Armageddon and Deep Impact. Now in Armageddon, despite the fact that it's like a heavy NASA involvement, the people who go up are just average, everyday Americans. They're not educated in the you know they didn't go to they didn't go to NASA so school, NASA schools. They didn't go to MIT. Nah. So I mean, like at the same time, Armageddon specifically is like can't
0: teach a NASA nerd to drill a hole. <laughs>
1: right, the NASA nerdonauts. <laughs> um the but like yeah armageddon sort of plays into that narrative of like anybody can be a hero you know join the military they'll give you massive planes (laughs) and tanks and shit and you can drive around and be be the big be the big man you
0: grew up in a shack in louisiana you can be a hero in the military right you don't need no fancy schooling in fact we'll help you pay for the fancy schooling that you don't need if you just Fight for us,
1: right? And then there's the day after tomorrow, which is the uh, global warming polar vortex movie. Um, I
0: kind of love that movie. It's so bad, but I love it.
1: It's. I mean, I've. I feel it. I'm living in Chicago. We had a polar vortex hit us real hard. Um, I mean, there was no. Um, <laughs> there was no rivers going down Main Street, but like. <laughs>
0: There weren't wolves roaming around on the tundra from the
1: zoo. <laughs> no, but it was it was it was very global warmingy. Um, so, you know, that one is one where the military is wrong, but still the idea that there's like a disaster and at least there's some kind of contingency plan and the military's involved in it. And this, these are, this is what they would have done right. in this case is something important. Totally. It's the nice. Towering Inferno. That's like a more of a classic, like seventies, uh, disaster movie. And then in I Am Legend, a movie, which is mostly like just Will Smith <laughs> alone, yep. although you know, There's a dog. The last man on Earth is not alone. Um, that's the tagline. Um, but there is like the scene where you're first being exposed to like the outbreak, and you know what these, what what, what the 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 what America is doing to try and combat this, and it's all about like Will Smith has got to get through this checkpoint, and they're scanning him, and the military is like quarantining different places, so it's like quarantining procedure. Um, you know, sectioning off dangerous areas, controlling where the civilians are going. All of these are things that the military wants to show that they can do so they're not shown just being at right. war.
0: like we, we, that's help the important thing about disaster too. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point because it's really easy to, you know, in the same way that they have superheroes like rescue people from buildings and like you could almost look at superhero movies as disaster films. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, basically, I mean a lot of them yeah. are, yeah, literally
0: But but it's really easy to be the hero when the thing that you're against is nature and just general destruction, you know
1: Sure Um. um interestingly enough, I, I saw that the movie Twister is on here, which makes sense, it's a disaster movie And then I saw a movie called Twister's Revenge, which I assumed was like Jaws Revenge, is like a sequel to Jaws But <laughs> This is Twister's, the revenge of the...
0: Twister's Revenge can't be the... What?
1: <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that was a mistake on my part. Twister's Revenge is even weirder than if a tornado was seeking revenge. <sighs> um, it is about three bumbling criminals trying to get their hands on the computerized control system of Mr. Twister, a talking monster truck with a mind of its own.
0: What? David, we need to watch this movie. It's another monster truck movie.
1: (laughs) It's another monster truck movie. But here's the weirdest thing about it, and this is the part that's going to get you. Why do you think that the military is involved in the production of this one? Uh,
0: um, Does the car run on, like, a military Because this
1: movie was released... Nope. This movie was released in West Germany. That was its only release.
0: Oh, was it just because it was anti-communist?
1: I mean, I don't even know if it was anti-communist. It was an American uh produced film designed to be released in West Germany. I mean, that
0: just feels what this like film propaganda, is. but like like It literally is propaganda. Well, I, mean, I mean, it absolutely is. is. But like just like from that description alone, like it could talk about like sunshine and buttercups for 2 hours straight and I'd still be like it's propaganda. <laughs> um what No, it, yeah, I mean it 100% is. What is it, Why is it funded? Do you know?
1: Well, I mean, it seems like it was just somebody did some research and was like, West Germany has not been producing enough films. We need to produce some films and send them overseas. What can we do on the cheap? And somebody was like, I've got a monster truck.
0: And we just gotta put a—that's <laughs> what it seems we like. Just gotta put a earth cre—an earth dwelling creature in it, and it'll become best friends. Yeah, there
1: there are also a couple of other like really obvious ones. Like I can totally see what the military is doing here. Right. There's a movie called The Girls of Pleasure Island, which is a movie about a military base being opened on an island where this guy's three hot daughters live.
0: Ugh. What is the military doing there? Well,
1: they're, they're that's just where their new military base is. And so, and this guy, he was just living there with his three hot daughters. Um, And so the whole plot of the movie is, uh uh-oh, my three virgin daughters and all of these soldier boys, what could happen? Like, it's saying, be in the military, you'll get laid.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: That's propaganda.
0: I mean, yes. (laughs) You're not wrong.
1: And then there's, like, a movie like Stripes with Bill Murray, which is, like... The military is fun. Mm-hmm. Come have fun with us in the military.
0: With, with your favorite comedian, Bill Murray.
1: And did you say, was MASH funded by the, the military uh, at all? Or, or, or no? I...
0: I- it's not on this list, but um, it, it was brought up in the documentary I watched, and it 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 might not necessarily be military funded, but I think it it falls in that sort of like gray area of like you can have a blast here, and I think it was more important just like in the general like public perception of the military, um, and, and sort of how that shaped what the military did fund and what it didn't.
1: Here's an interesting little random example. There's a movie called The Perez Family which is stars Alfred Molina, Angelica Huston and Marissa Tomei All right. playing Cuban refugees who pretend to be a family because the US Immigration and Naturalization Service gives priority to families over individuals.
0: And the the military funded this one.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's amazing, right? Because like you think about it like this is a story where the main thing is that they're not trying not to get caught by the military. Um, and so the military has a vested interest in making it look like, well, we're not the bad guys. The bad guys are the communists that are, you know, causing all these refugees.
0: That's really, that's morally great. Like that's so complicated. Like
1: it is. I mean, that's what makes this stuff so interesting to me is like a movie, like the Perez family, which I now feel like I have to watch, um, if for nothing else than Alfred Molina pretending to be married to Marissa Tomei. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's. It's it really is like a weird, weird list, um, f- full of this. Uh, were, were there like any other tropes that that like you or like themes that you sort of saw? There
1: was a lot of like um, wilderness and animals mixed with like my dad was in the military <laughs> or like I knew somebody who was in the right. military. Like there's this is movie Wild America which was, like, there's bears. (laughs) But, like, the reason that the military is involved is because, like, oh, yeah, my dad used to be in the Air Force. Um, And then there's just, like, the straight propaganda. Like, uh, there's a Jessica Simpson movie called Major Movie Star, wherein she plays a movie star who is also in the military. And I don't know what's less believable, that Jessica Simpson is a major in the military or that she's a movie star.
0: Um, guys, we're going to tweet out this poster just because it's too good not to share with all of you. It's it's fucking wild. Um, it's insane. It, it immediately made me think of Cadet Kelly, which wasn't on the list, so I looked it up. Um, and turns out that that Disney Channel classic was filmed in Canada. It's so true. not supported by the U.S. military. Nope.
1: One thing that's that's uh, interesting to note is like a lot of these uh, notes that the military will give is uh, for the purpose of reducing the rating uh, of the, the film because they want it to be seen by more people. So if they like a movie, they will try to force it to be PG-13 over rated R.
0: Versus R.
1: Because their main demographic is teens because they want teens because to Because they want to get
0: those – teens that when they turn 18 mm-hmm. to enlist.
1: Um one one example was the right stuff which was a space movie um and that one had a lot of swearing in it so they told them take out all the swears and we want a PG-13. Um
0: one one trope that um I think we've sort of already talked about a little bit is um TV tropes call it the military superhero. Um, which you know, it's it's pretty much what it sounds yeah, like. Like the... that stuff,
1: like Saving Private Ryan. Even though I don't, I'm not sure if that one was funded, but for sure, like The Rocketeer,
0: mm-hmm. which is about a
1: jetpack wearing soldier in World War II.
0: <laughs> right, or um, you know, like the first Iron Man film, and like the Incredible Hulk, and, like all this shit. Um, it, it all is very military literal superhero.
1: Um I, I there were a couple of interesting ones that I just wanted to like briefly briefly touch on. So like at one point the CIA bought the rights to 1984 and then changed the ending.
0: Oh, that's terrifying. Don't love that. That yeah. feels a little on the so, nose. So
1: they bought the rights to 1984 and then changed the ending so that instead of being turned and loving Big Brother, he gets shot uh by after saying I hate Big Brother. So, it's a very slight change. It doesn't really change, like, 1984 into being, like... Not 1984. Not 1984. But, I mean, the reason that the CIA bought it was because they saw 1984 as being mainly anti-communist. Sure. Even though it was written by an out-socialist. Well... So, (laughs) weird that.
0: Yes. I, I mean, especially the particular we won't get into it. <laughs> yes. The long <laughs> short of it. Um
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously George Orwell does does not does not love totalitarianism, does not love the Soviet right. Union. Um but I mean, he was a socialist. Totally. Yeah, no. He he did not like fascism in any form, including the CIA buying the rights to your <laughs> yeah. film and,
0: it just and feels,
1: redoing it. It
0: feels like a spit on the grave, you know?
1: It's a l it is. I mean it literally was he was dead at the time. Yeah.
0: So. Well, I doubt he would sell it to them in his lifetime, you know, like that's just not a thing. No, that's definitely true. Um
1: Um there's also you know the the book The Quiet American? Um that that book was changed, uh, in the film adaptation, so that instead of a U.S.-backed general being responsible for bombing a city, okay. um, it was the communists. So it's all okay. <sighs> that that one's about um about Vietnam uh, specifically. There
0: you go. Gotta try to make Vietnam better.
1: And one character goes from an arms dealer to a toy manufacturer. <laughs>
0: What is is that is that in that same movie? Yeah, fascinating.
1: Um, a lot of weird like sequels to Spielberg movies, but not the original <laughs> Spielberg movies. That so feels like right. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but not any of the other Indiana Joneses. Mm-hmm. And then Jurassic Park three.
0: Weird.
1: Well, not really weird if you've seen Jurassic Park. I 3. mean, I
0: haven't. So
1: because that one is the one. If I recall correctly, I believe that's the one with um
0: Oh, Vince Va- Vaughn Gilligan?
1: Yeah, Vince Vaughn. I think I think Jurassic Park 3 is the one where Vince Vaughn is in it as like a military guy. I would
0: believe it. I I mean, sounds right.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park 3 was like cheaper. So, I mean like or it was like lower budget. So, they had to get So, it they had somewhere. to find money elsewhere. And that's like a, a pretty common trend, pretty common trope here, is that like these are movies where they just need that little extra scrilla, you know?
0: Would you say that um, in general these movies, and, and I think this is sort of true about lar- military movies in general, um, is sort of that sense of like brotherhood and camaraderie is... and like oh. shit like that.
1: Um, I think it's a, they're a lot more individualist okay. than than that, I would That's say, interesting. on the whole. There's definitely, like, a lot of Brothers in Arms movies, but those are the ones where they're actually military. Sure. You know? but Like, I mean, Iron Man is very not brotherly, yes. you know? And same goes for, you know, something like Deja Vu with Denzel Washington. He's, like, you know... Uh, he's like on the edge. He doesn't, you know, he's not involved with that stuff. There's a lot of brotherhood in Armageddon, I guess, and deep impact. Um, Apollo 13. I guess that's not too individualistic, but yeah, I'd say like, there's a lot of just like one man making his way um oh I guess here's something. I mean there's almost no female leads oh, yeah. on this list. I mean uh, Um I mean there's contact and I think the next the karate kid yeah. is the one with uh Hilary Swang. Um, uh but other than that, <laughs> I think it's all men. Woohoo! Almost completely.
0: Uh love that. I mean, I actually have no opinions on that. Um, Well, I
1: mean, you don't like women being, you know, seen as not supposed to be in the military.
0: Yes, but also I don't like the military, so I'm kind of like, eh, the women (laughs) need the military. (laughs) Like...
1: Right. I see what you're saying. You
0: know, it's, it's like, we should have people of every color and every gender be CEOs, but, like, if you're a socialist, it's like, well, I mean, we could just not have CEOs. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I think it's a little bit different, because, like, the military is... Well, no, you're right. Let's just disband the military.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if there's... Like I, I'm having trouble. Like I'm looking through a list of um, just like military tropes in general on the TV trope site, um, uh-huh. and, and and like a lot of these, like I, I don't know, they feel real to movies about the military, but not necessarily all of the ones like funded. By the military. On this list, yeah. Um, like, there there's, is a little bit yeah. of a spread, which I think is interesting.
1: Yeah, no, there's a huge spread here. I, I don't know exactly why Star Trek IV needed it, but the other Star Treks didn't. Um, I guess because the Star Trek IV is the one with time travel, so they have to go back and, and be on real military sites yeah. from our yeah. century instead of from future ones. Then you've got stuff like the King Kong remake. Um all right I I've been putting it off but there's one on this list that is very extremely important to talk okay. about. Um birth of a nation.
0: Ah, yes, let's do it.
1: So in a lot of ways super obvious that this would receive military funding. Um it's about the Civil War. Um so you have all of the these this Civil War you know memorabilia and stuff that's involved and so the military has a vested interest in showing that they're you know the, the 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 winners and losers were just in everything that they did at the same time though it's about the birth of the ku klux klan mm-hmm. um in the post uh the post-civil war era right. um and it seems a little bit interesting that the the people who funded the creation of this film then were also super racist, Woodrow Wilson uh, specifically, mm-hmm. um, who famously saw the film and was like, this is the future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, to me it's very interesting that um, – it it really feels like the military-industrial complex in America sort of grew up at the same time that filmmaking did. Um, and like, like I was saying earlier, you know, like, post-1920s, the military was making tons and tons and tons of propaganda films about the military. Um, and, you know, like, that's giving... Studios, buckets of money to work with, and new filming techniques to play around with to be creative and to to make film what it eventually became. And it's it is crazy that technically the first feature length film was just, which is also incredibly racist. In case that needs to be restated, um, was also it also filmed. supports the interests
1: right. of the of the of the military the and interest the of the military country and was in
0: fact helped the, the by the military and the government and exactly it's it's a little damning when you look at it that way
1: yeah i mean because you know that that these other films that are on this list, they also have other political messages that maybe the military doesn't really care about or isn't thinking about. I mean, who's to say whether the people who were funding Birth of a Nation were doing so specifically because um, they saw black people as a threat to their interests uh, and, and black rights as a threat to their interests? There's no way to know that. But, but like even um, the casual... For sure, they didn't care enough sure. to... To, to You know to, to not fund the film right. Or to fund a different film right. They just didn't care And that's the kind of stuff that's going to seep its way Into all of this propaganda
0: Yeah so in conclusion Movies bad? Question mark?
1: <laughs> I don't think that's the what we take away from uh, this no. I think the important thing about Analyzing propaganda Is recognizing what you're being sold And why For sure. Um. I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying any of the films on this list. If you love oiled up volleyballers uh, singing, playing with the boys, you can still watch Top Gun and enjoy the hell out of that. And it doesn't say anything about your character, um, even though it was funded by the military during a time when... They were conducting all sorts of horrible military operations. I believe that was right around the iran Contra affair.
0: Probably, If my math is Probably. right.
1: It was about that Probably. time. Um, so, I mean, listen, you're not a bad person uh, just for enjoying it. You are a it.
0: bad person if you enjoy Homeland. No, but that's just because it's a bad show. <laughs> Stick to
1: that one. I mean... I think yeah I think you I think you can watch homeland uh but you have to understand what you're being For fed. Sure. You have to you have to read the labels on these things. Um and what's really scary is that previously I mean this stuff was not released publicly. Now thankfully it is. Uh it's sort of a Freedom of Information Act is is helping to release a lot of this information. Um Yeah. And also just the internet being, like, a place to spread information sure, and, uh, from film productions that were typically right. confidential. And, well,
0: and also I think, you know, as some of these projects age, like, it's less and less classified who supported them, you know? Um It's exactly, less relevant. Yeah. And it allows people to go, oh, well, that was in the past. That was 50 years ago. No one from then still works here, you know? So there's some deniability. But it- it'll be interesting to see what continues to... To come out um, around this because I think the documentary that that I watched, it, it feels like <laughs> this is based solely on film quality. Um, it feels like it was like a 2000s, maybe 90s production. Um, so like there is stuff in that that like they didn't even know about yet. <laughs> you know, right. There's so much more that's constantly being uncovered and constantly being delved into. Um and, and I definitely think this is something that's going to continue to evolve as time goes on. Right.
1: Um I would, you know, it doesn't help anything to boycott Michael Bay movies. <laughs> I mean, they're going to make a lot of money regardless, but you know, if you've got a friend who loves Michael Bay, like, make sure they sign up and, for the and, military, and your friend also is not a hyper militarist. <laughs> um, yeah, if you've got a friend who wants to sign up for the military, and they just saw Transformers Seven, uh, like talk to them yeah. first. Maybe they're being
0: manipulated. Maybe
1: they're they're being affected by some false advertising. No, just maybe. All right, catch up with you next time. Uh, you can check us out on, at, at on Twitter at Talking Tropes. Um, Let us know if there are any military films that you want to know about, and and maybe we'll talk about them in the future. Yeah, let
0: us know if you want us to do a deep dive on any of these, too. Um, We can sit down and watch one through and talk more extensively about uh, Top Gun, which I've never seen. Top Gun. Um, You can also find... Yeah, maybe
1: we'll talk about it when the new Top (laughs) Gun comes out. Yeah, maybe we'll do a
0: Top Gun comparison. Um, I like that. Stay tuned. (laughs) Um, Alright, you can also find us on Patreon, also at Talking Tropes. Um, We'll see you guys next week for another installment of Avatar The Last Korra. So get psyched! Psyched!
1: Bye!